Today's podcast is brought to you by Clean Energy. Guys, to perform at your best, you need to be adequately fueled before and after training. And one of my favorite ways to stay fueled and ready to go is with Clean Energy. Clean Energy is a clean label, certified organic smoothie, and a single serve packet that changes the paradigm for on-the-go sports nutrition. Unfortunately, many energy bars, drinks, and gels made today contain added sugars and lab-created ingredients, which your body may treat as toxins and could be detrimental to long-term health. On the contrary, Clean Energy contains only organic fruits and vegetables, and the result is more bioavailable energy in the short term and more healthful energy in the long term. Don't just take my word for it because in one year since its launch, Clean Energy is used by athletic departments across the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 conferences. Another awesome thing to see was Clean Energy was stocked in the women's Final Four locker rooms, and perhaps coolest of all, Clean Energy has been recognized by Runner's World in their annual fitness awards as a best food to eat before a run. I completely agree with this as I've used Clean Energy for a few weeks now, and it is my go-to pre-run snack. My favorite parts about it are its clean ingredients, delicious taste, and convenience that saves me many minutes every day before my run. Clean Energy is shelf-stable for months, durable and portable for whenever and wherever you go. Clean Energy is healthy energy for the long run of life. You guys can find Clean Energy's incredible product at cleansmoothie.com and on Amazon by searching for Clean Energy Smoothie. You asked, we delivered. Today on the podcast is the one and only Aaron Solomon. Aaron is fresh off of a remarkable season where he won his first ever cross country race. The only catch is that that race was the national championship, NXN. Not only did he win that race in stunning fashion, as I'm sure many of you listening are aware, but he also broke his former teammate Nico Young's course record. Aaron has also helped his team, Newberry Park, win their second ever national team championship on the grass. And then on the track, Aaron is a four by mile high school national record holder and holds PRs of 148 in the 800, 401 in the mile, and 848 in the 3200 meter. Aaron has made it known in this podcast and other places that he's going after Michael Granville's long-standing 800 meter high school national record this upcoming season. Today's conversation was so fun getting to know Aaron better, his story, his upbringing in the sport, and then also dive into each of the subjects and topics I just mentioned a minute ago, from winning his first ever cross-country race, which happened to be NXN, to some of his his ambitions for outdoor track this season. One quick note before we hop right into today's episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you hit the follow button and give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You're already listening to this, so it will legitimately take between five and 10 seconds to do those two things. And then also consider sharing today's conversation with a friend. Through reaching new people, we can hopefully uh, reach more people and share the love of the podcast, but also inspire them in the process. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with the one and only national champion, Aaron Solomon. Aaron Solomon, the people are in my DMs all the time. Get Aaron Solomon on the podcast. Like, get this kid on. We're making it happen. So good to have you on the podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing really good. How about you? Doing good. Stoked for for this uh, conversation. First question for you. Not exactly sure when this will come out, but what national meets are you doing indoors? Uh, I'm assuming Nike or New Balance. uh, And how much are you looking forward to those? Okay, so I I head out to New Balance in next week. So super excited for that. Um, super pumped to have some competition in the 800 and maybe the mile if I feel good after the eight. So I'm super, I'm looking forward to it. Love it. So New Balance used to be at the Armory. Now it's at like their new track in Boston. Um, 
and it's just cool how running can take you places, literally, like you get to travel quite frequently. Uh, so what are some of your favorite places that running has taken you over the years? Um, big one was in Boston for the Grand Prix. Beautiful track, beautiful facility. One of the best indoor tracks I've raced in. But um, I'd just say being in Portland, Oregon for NXN, that's the, that was the best place running has taken me. Yeah, well, probably because of what happened there. We'll get into that <laughs> probably <laughs> in a couple minutes. Um, so we talked about this before the podcast, but California currently going through some some bad weather. Um, you know, what are some ways you kind of keep yourself motivated to to get put in the work on the days when maybe it's not ideal conditions outside? Honestly, I just think back to NXN. If I if I do not train and I do not hit my goals that I want to hit, I will not be ranked top like toply ranked in the nation so to order to keep my reputation to keep doing well i just have to train through going all the way back in time and then we can kind of make our way back up how did you get started in the sport of running take us through kind of your your upbringing in the solomon household with colin as an older brother and how you guys got started in the sport this was not my sport this was my brother's sport it's funny how i tell everyone this i was a football player I played for quite a while, almost, I think almost six years, four to six years. I forgot the number. I don't know how, but uh, I was playing football. My brother was running. My brother was doing really well in running. I was doing really well in football, but then my mom wanted me to try track. So I was doing a whole bunch of sports because my parents wanted to keep me busy with my ADHD. I was playing baseball, basketball, football, track, and cross country. So I started doing really well eighth grade in track and field. So that's what sparked my interest into running in high school. What position did you play in football? Curious to hear that. So I was good at almost every position I played. So I played a lot of quarterback and a lot of wide receiver. Okay. So if you could choose one exclusively, what would it be? Like, what was your favorite? My favorite position? Yeah. I would say receiver. Receiver. You got that yeah. that footwork. Um, so at what point in your career did you kind of go from, you know, running as just something that my mom's making me do into, okay, this is something that I'm really good at, passionate about, and will be willing to drop other sports to pursue? Sophomore year of high school, I didn't really try freshman year. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was balancing between if I should go to football, if I should do track and cross country. And then I leaned more towards track and cross country as soon as I made the varsity team my sophomore year. He's not there anymore. His wife is now the coach. But um, what was your first like impression of Coach Sean Brosnan? Because as people know at this point, he turned around the Newberry Park program and it was pretty closely tied to when you first got into running or at least you know a year or two buffer um but you got to kind of experience the transformation that he brought to your program so what was your first impression with coach sean my first impression i mean at first i thought he was crazy because he expected us to do so much and put in so much time i was like i don't it's like he's training us to become pros and then after the after my first year, I was like, okay, I'm starting to see why he's doing, why he's pushing us, 
He's pushing us to be the best of the best to go pro if we ever wanted to go pro. So at first I thought he was crazy. And then now he was the greatest coach I've ever had. What was it like to have, you know, of course, like people can relate to like their parents believing in them or like a sibling believing in them. But what was it like having a coach who truly believed in you and pushed you to truly be the best version of yourself through those hours and hours and hours of practice every season? I mean, it was, it feels great to have parents, siblings like that believe in you, but it's something else when you actually have your coach believe in you because they see what you go through every single minute of every single hour in the workouts. Your parents, once in high school, I mean, you go to practice on your own, they don't really see, so they only see you during races, but your coach seeing you through practice, normal runs, races, it just means a lot when they believe in you. What was it like uh, seeing your team win that first national title with Nico when he was a senior, when Colin was a sophomore? What was, yeah, I don't think you were on the team at the time, um, or at least you weren't, participating for them in that meet you didn't make the team but like what was that like to watch them win the national title and maybe in your head be like hey we could I could be a part of this in a few years if I keep working that's exactly what I thought I mean I was super stoked I wanted to be a part of that team which is crazy because I would have been a part of that team if I didn't stop training because I was the ninth man in our seventh got injured in our eighth got injured but I stopped training, so the spot went to the 10th man <laughs> instead of me. So I was pretty bummed about that, but it's still cool to see us win my freshman year and then come back and win every year since that. So at what point in your high school career, obviously, you saw what Nico did within your own program. You slowly started to see Colin become a beast and not only take over the California running scene, but eventually the national running scene his senior year. At what point, personally, for you, was it like, okay, I can be one of the best, if not the best, high schooler at this sport? So when I saw my brother really take off, that's when I thought I can actually do this because every year before him, I was beating his records. So his eighth grade year, come to my eighth grade year, I would beat his records. And then his freshman year, I would beat his records freshman year. So as soon as I saw him really build up, I was like, oh, I can actually be top in the nation I could maybe win some few meets so that's when it really hit me what was it like seeing his absolutely dominant senior year both on the grass both on the track like him just tear apart fields tear apart records uh, win national titles what was it like to witness that from afar but also in some situations you know be behind him in those races I mean it was super cool just uh, it's something else watching your sibling carry the team and watching your sibling really being up front and trying to stick with them i just i remember some races i'm trying to stick with them i'm with them and then he starts pulling away and i can't do anything about it because i'm not as strong as him but it's really cool to see what was it like growing up with him as a brother and how do you think even to this day that has helped you kind of become the best version of yourself specifically within the sport? Oh my God, growing up with my brother, is it was something else. I mean, it's very competitive. My whole family is super competitive. If I did something, he would always try to one-up me. So that's basically how it went for 17 years. I love it. Every time I every time I did something, he one up me, and then when he one up me, I one up that. 
so it just kept going and going and going. So I think we'll get into this. I'm actually going to ask you probably a question later on about like what your event is, what you enjoy most, what you think you're best at. But, you know, as I sit here today, I think a lot of people see you as the 800 guy on the track. Um, we kind of chronicled how you got your start in the sport and then like realizing you were pretty good at it. Uh, when did you find the 800 and when did you realize that that was an event you were probably most special at as opposed to the other ones? Or was it more just like, I enjoy this event more than the other ones, so I'm going to pursue it? Um, so the 800, I made it to my event my freshman year during COVID. I just never ran it before. Or I had did in eighth grade, I ran a 209, and I wanted to see what I could run freshman year. Freshman year, I didn't run as fast. I ran a 159, and then sophomore year, I jumped to a 154. So after that, I PR'd by five seconds. So I was like, this could be my – this could be – my event because i have the raw speed i'm not really i can't really say this anymore since i won nxn i'm not really a distance runner flex but i <laughs> i am i am now but um i was mainly when i first started track i was a sprinter i was 100 through 400 meters coach made me try 800 and then the youngs got me into the mile and two mile so my 800, I'd say sophomore year is when I figured out it was my event. So many kids listening today, I'm sure one day want to be like you, one day want to accomplish some of the things you have in this sport. What would be some advice for those kids uh, or people listening who want to reach some of the things you have in this sport? What would be some advice you would tell to those people? I'd say uh, a lot of dedication. That's the main thing. Um, while other programs have practice every day and then just go home, do whatever they want. We have practice. We do some gym routines after that, like going up to Big Bear for a month with the whole team. It's it's not that we're all fast that wins us national championships. It's how close our team is and how the atmosphere is. If you have one negative like runner on your team who's saying like, oh, we can't do this. It weighs down the team. So when you have everyone who's on board, very focused, getting their sleep, recovery, um, good nutrition, and then staying hydrated, I think that's what makes us win national championships. How key do you think the culture at Newberry Park has in kind of building up yourself as a fantastic runner and helping you to achieve your goals because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, I feel like talent only takes you so far. If you were on a different team, I don't think you would have accomplished uh, what you have today without those people constantly pushing you, whether it's, you know, parents, teammates, coaches, et cetera, those people who have really helped to build this culture within Newberry Park to facilitate growth in every single athlete where everyone's running up to their fullest potential, which is very uncommon in high school. Exactly. I mean, Talent only gets you so far. I learned that the hard way. I was, my speed is just all talent. I didn't really work on it when I was little. And then once I started just running and running, I only stayed. I stayed the same, didn't get faster, didn't get slower. But then once Sean picked me up, Sean's like, you could, you could run faster. I'll give you specific workouts to make you faster but you got to want it and you got to believe 
So after that, I was working every day, staying hydrated, getting sleep, recovery, all that stuff that I wasn't doing before. And over time, I've gotten faster and faster. So you mentioned Coach Sean a few times. Uh, I'm curious, from knowing Coach Sean, what are the biggest lessons you've learned from him during your years in high school under him? Um, to be honest, I've learned so much from Sean, I can't even say everything. But um, a lot of it is just staying focused don't let other people bring you down the hurtful stuff on instagram they're only saying that because they're jealous so just focus on yourself during races if even if you're in last place with a lap to go don't think that it's over just keep pushing to the line because i've been in some races to where i am close to last place and i end up winning because it's a tight group so it's just never give up to the line. Just tell yourself, I can, I can, I can. That Those are his famous words for us. So all that. Newberry Park, I think, because you guys are um, so famous, for lack of a better word, so accomplished, you get talked about so much. And in today's world of social media, whether it's you know specific running websites or, or something more new like No Context, I feel like there are always just hilarious jokes being made about the program or things Sean has said, like 420 isn't fast for a high school boy mile, like that just take, get taken way out of context and then are just talked about for years after they're said. Is it funny to see some of that stuff or is it more like guys drop it? Um, some of it is very funny. Some of it can be put the wrong way. It, it's depending how it's like worded and how it's really targeted towards us. But I mean, no context everyone knows that's a joking page right everyone knows it's no offense taken i mean all my all my things about nxn it's i laughed at them no no offense was taken there nothing i wasn't mad about anything so you mentioned being up in big bear um over the summers that's something that the newberry park program does uh, i'm curious from a more fun perspective what is the best meal up at Big Bear and who is the best chef? Because I've asked Lex and Leo this question before, so I'm curious to hear your take on it. Oh, I mean, I'd say the best meal up there was chicken parmesan because Lex and Leo do know how to cook. They are Italian. They get it from their mom, who's a really good cook. I've been over at their house multiple times when she's cooked dinner. So their whole family's really good at cooking, so I'd say they're the best cooks. Moving ahead towards this past senior year cross-country season, can you kind of document all of your races up to NXN? I know maybe things weren't going as well as one would have hoped for you. Um, and then uh, obviously this incredible breakthrough, which just makes it all the more meaningful uh, after maybe not as good of a race as you would have hoped. Can you kind of take us through your season and your thoughts throughout in those specific important races? So, beginning cross-country season, I was running with Lex and Leo. We were doing dual meets because that's how it starts off. Very easy for us. We'd run, it's three miles around any course in our area. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. Then we had Clovis. Clovis is at our state, where our state meet is. So, that's a, it's a brutal course. But um, that's where I was starting to feel something in my shins. 
So I started falling back from Lex and Leo. And then after Clovis, I was out for a month and a half. So I didn't really race much after that because I had something in my shin. So after that, my first race after that was CIF. I ran through CIF um, injured. So prelims and finals, those were two, I would say, upsetting races for me. I didn't really do good. I didn't do the best, but I was just getting back into it. State is where I started. I got a PR by a second, so I was starting to improve. And then the next week after that was NXN, which I do not know how I won that, <laughs> but it's that was a good upset for me. We'll dive into NXN uh, very deep in a minute, but I'm curious, you know, mentally, not even physically, mentally, how do you will yourself forward and try to maintain the confidence that is necessary to win these big meets? when you're struggling with something like a shin injury that's keeping you out for a month and a half, which a lot of athletes would look at on paper and be like, you know, chalk up the season, we're done. Uh, and you had the courage to, to continue to fight every week. I mean, I was, during my month and a half, I've got, I got multiple texts from Lex and Leo, all my teammates, Sean, just saying, like, rest up, get your recovery, sleep, stay hydrated do cross training all this because they told me that they cannot win a national championship without me so that really sparked my like my motivation everything like that to keep going even though i was injured to keep training the hardest i so i can come back better going into nxn if you if we were to do this podcast the week leading into nxn and i said what are the chances you think you can win what would you have said zero percent and why is that? Just because the season hadn't gone according to plan? and Just because the season hasn't, yeah, it didn't go according to plan. I didn't think I was ready. My legs were not feeling good the week before. I just, I didn't really have it all in my mind that I can actually win or I could. I knew all I wanted was All-American. I could have told you, I just want to get All-American. I'll be happy. But... I mean, I did get All-American, and I got <laughs> first. So that, honestly, when I finished, I was even shocked myself. A word to describe your race was fearless. Like, you ran the race fearlessly. You went out, like, randomly hard. Like, you went out, and then you're like, oh, I'm ahead of everybody. You settle back in the pack. Can you take us through some of those moves that were made throughout the race? And also, your thinking that's going on within the race, because, you know, you have 15 minutes to be with your thoughts. A lot of times it's engaged and you're not really thinking, even though you are thinking, if that makes sense. But I'm curious, when you think back to it, um, do you remember any of your thoughts within the race? Like, hey, this is better than an All-American day. Like, I can do something maybe a little bit more. Okay, so my tactic for races, it was my brother's tactic also. You take the first 400 to 600 out hard. I took the first 400 out in a 62 for NXN. So the reason for that is when people try to stick with you at a 62, it's that's a four, that's 408 pace. So what happens is once that second mile hits, everyone second mile, that's the hardest mile. But after going out in a 62, if you don't train for that, your legs will start to get lactic way sooner. So it's that's usually just to burn some people off the second mile so we can advance forward. 
So that's what the 62 was for the first 400. Then I just started falling back because I knew if I stayed up front, took the lead, I wouldn't have a chance of getting All-American because I get lactic when I'm out in front, people drafting off me in the wind. So I stayed back first mile, went through, I think, 15th place, and then really just stayed in that little group behind the top group. And then once a mile and a half came in, which is the horseshoe, I started moving up, hitting the hills a little bit hard. And then I caught up to Lex and Leo, sticking right behind them. Let's say, I think it was two miles in, Lex started falling back. So I stepped it up. I took third place with Tyrone, Gorzy, and Leo. So I just stayed there. Stayed behind Tyrone, just drafting off him a little bit. Once 1K hit, I started making a move as soon as Leo started making a move. So once I turned the corner with Route 800 to go, I started pushing it because I see Leo. He's still going, but he's falling back just a little bit. So that's when I thought I could have a chance of maybe getting second just right behind Leo. But once that last hill came in, I was feeling good. I hit that hill pass leo and that's when i knew i was gonna win thoughts after passing leo what's going through your head um to be honest i almost fell in the last straightaway because my legs were giving out so the thoughts when i passed him is i just told myself i do not want to fall because <laughs> my legs were giving out as you can see at the end of the race i just collapsed right after so that's all i was telling myself do not collapse just keep going you're almost there you pass the line, you get first, you do the unthinkable even in your head. Um, what are the emotions you feel when you cross the line and realize you won a national championship in incredible fashion, even in a course record, breaking your previous teammate Nico Young's course record? I mean, I was feeling, I didn't actually know what to think at first. I was just shocked. I was laying on the ground, didn't know what was happening. And then once I got up, I couldn't believe it everyone was swarming me just saying good job and that's when i started i felt like super happy super excited started screaming a little bit and i don't know i've just i've never felt that before can you maybe speak to the listeners you know i think a lot of people have the tendency to want to give up when things aren't going their way whether that's within a race or more specifically within a season something like you went through where you know you're out for a month two months three months for some people uh, or even like two weeks for some people and they want to throw in the towel but you kept persisting you kept going and then when there seemed to be no hope at all you capitalized on the kind of unknown and you ended up winning a national title so can you kind of speak to uh, that that element and speak to the people who maybe are unsure of if they should keep going I mean I just got a couple things to say about this I mean no matter how hard it gets no matter how long you're out for you can always come back stronger if you really believe in yourself and you really think that you can. I mean, sometimes I'm going through injuries and I say, I do not know how I'm going to come back from this because it hurts a lot. I, and then when I come back, I'm out of shape. It's hard to run the paces I usually run, but it, it's just all the process. You got to trust the process and slowly but surely you will progress and then sooner or later you will become better than you were 
As you sit here today with me, thinking back to that day on Glendevere Golf Course, how meaningful was that NXN win? I mean, it was super meaningful. I've never won a cross-country race before that, not once. So it's it was super nice to at least win one in the one being a national meet. I mean, that's truly remarkable. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened before where someone's first ever cross-country win happens on the national meet, at the national meet. Uh, so remarkable. So many incredible storylines come out from that day. I think one of the cooler ones, um, in my opinion, was your older brother had won um, running lane the previous year because they didn't have an XN. So you guys went down to Alabama to run the running lane national championship. He ends up winning in a national uh, high school cross-country record time, breaking Dathan Ritzenhine's uh, previous record, and you wore the spikes that he wore for that race. Mm-hmm. So can you share the story of that, when that idea came about, and also just like how much more special that is to, to keep those spikes winning? Because sure, it's cool, even if you place like 30th, but to win in them like back-to-back, like those things, the value of those things when running becomes popular through the roof. Okay, so... The idea came to me two days before I was leaving for NXN. I was looking for my spikes. I see mine. I didn't want to get mine dirty. So I go in my brother's room, and his running lane spikes are still dirty. They got dirt on them, still got the tags on them. So I just took the tags off, put them in spike bag, and I called him. I was like, I'm going to wear your spikes that you wore at running lane. And he didn't want me to because he didn't want, he had the record in those. So he didn't want me to. And I said, I'm going to, <laughs> I literally told him it, it'll be worth it. I just want to try your shoes, see what magic is in them. And he finally agreed. And then this happened. Love it. So he actually surprised you at the meet uh, to be a spectator, cheer you on. What was that moment seeing him uh, at the race, cheering you on, supporting you and all the more special, I'm sure, sharing that post-race hug, having a fat dub. I think that's what sparked a lot of energy in me. Because my parents came out, said I forgot something in the hotel. And I was like, oh, God, what did I forget? So I come out, and he's nowhere to be seen. So my parents are talking to me, and then my brother just comes up behind me and gives me a huge hug. So that was super meaningful. And he just told me, you got this just plan your race focus do not stick up front stay a little bit behind the leaders and then kick the last 1k so i took his advice did it and i actually won off of it you won the individual title but then your team also won uh kind of a little nico magic where he did the same thing so it's just a newberry park tradition at this point to win the individual title and then win the team title which i don't i think you're the third person to ever do it uh nico chris derrick um, and then yourself, if I'm not mistaken. So what was that like to, of course, winning individually is incredibly special, but winning as a team a lot of times is even more special because seven guys got to get it done on the day. Every single guy has to, to put in the work and um, do their part. So what was it like to literally be perfect on the day for your team and end up helping them to win the title? I mean, it was super cool. I mean, winning individually is one of the best feelings I've ever had. And then winning as a team, that was truly special. After winning individually, just going back up on stage with my whole team was truly remarkable. I mean, having Lex and Lex did not show up because 
something was happening with him. He was super dizzy, barely walked. So he was in the medical tent. But just getting to hold the trophy with my whole team was just super special. If you had to maybe summarize what was the biggest lesson you learned from this past cross-country season, having been a few months removed from it now, looking back on it, what is the biggest lesson you learned from the season? Uh, mine is just don't give up. <clears throat> no matter what happens, no matter what offsets you have, no matter if you're out for a little bit or a long time, just trust the process and the training will pay off. As we sit here today, you're in the thick of uh, indoor track season, which is going to turn into outdoor track season this Saturday uh, at the at the 10, a professional track meet. This podcast will be after that. And then you'll go back to indoor and then back to outdoor. So just as we sit here today, what are your thoughts on on overall the, the upcoming season, the the races? What, it, what are your mindset going into these? Uh, my mind right now, I mean, it's my first 800 of the season. So I'm just preparing on that. I'm not expecting to run super fast somewhere in the 150s, hopefully somewhere in the low 150s. So that's all I want right now. And then new, come New Balance, I'm going to try to go in the 140s, high 140s. So that's my main focus right now. And then come outdoor, I'm trying to get the 800 record. Yeah, you've talked about the 800 record a little bit. How meaningful would it be to to get that record? And maybe what are some of those other prestigious goals like breaking for whatever they might be that you're going to aim to do? Um, I mean, it's going to mean a lot if I break the 800 because that was set more than 20 years ago. So it would be super exciting. And it's fast too, which is very unheard of for a high school athlete to go 146. So just getting that record would be nice. And breaking four, it's getting a little bit like it used to be super special. And now everyone is doing it. Me, for the record wise, I'd rather get the 800 record than break four if I had to choose. But my goal is to do both. So One thing we didn't talk about that I do want to briefly touch on is you're committed to run for NAU next year. Join your brother, join your uh, older teammate, Nico. Uh, how excited are you for that? And what made NAU stand out over other schools that made you want to join them? Um, so it's super excited. I'm super excited to run with my brother and Nico and the national championship team, which is NAU. So, I mean, I can't wait to go up there August, start training with Smith, everything like that. But, um, I say the main thing that got me there is my brother. He was calling me left and right, just saying, I want you to come here and be super special to keep our because Lex and Leo committed to Stanford so he said it would be cool to keep our like our last name so keep the Solomon tradition always train together and just show up on race days together and they did convince me with a good DMR my freshman year so I mean stay tuned for that we're trying to go for the national record, so I'm the 800 leg in that, so that's going to be super exciting. I love it. Looking forward to, to watching you throw down. I'm curious, as you sit with me today as a senior in high school, looking ahead to the future, even you know professional running aspirations, 
What event do you think you'll be best at? Is it the eight? Is it the 15? Is it, you know, maybe the dreaded 5K now that you're a cross-country national champ? What do you think people will remember you for after you retire event-wise? Um, so I have, I do not have a answer to that question, but all I know is that in college I'm focusing on the 815. So that's a good question for next year to see which one I'm better at. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And then as a, a fan of the sport, obviously, you know, being a fan because you're in the sport, but also having your brother in the NCAA system now, I'm sure you follow it a little more closely. What's it like seeing, you know, just the these guys run ridiculous times, whether it's, you know, Washington having eight guys under 356 or, you know, people at NAU throw down crazy times like Drew Bosley, Nico, like it's crazy. So what, what's your mindset on joining the NCAA and um, going into a super competitive almost league, even though it's not a league, but you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to it because right now it's we have good competition, but once you hit the NCAA, that's another level of competition. We got only running 5Ks for every single meet to running 8Ks and 10Ks, which is double that. So, I mean, I can't wait for cross-country NCAAs. It's, I'm super stoked for it. And then during track, I'm really stoked for it. One final serious question for you. If you had to leave one message with our audience today, what would it be? I have to go back to what I've said multiple times in the podcast is just trust your training. Make sure to get recovery, which is sleep, nutrition, hydration, everything like that. Because yes, working out and doing your runs will make you a better runner, but that will take you a step above everything else. You can only train as hard as you recover, uh, as the saying goes, and I think that's definitely true. And a lot of times what separates the good runners from the great runners is the great runners are able to recover that much better, and then they can get in even harder training, and that kind of elevates them to the next level. So completely agree with you there. One final question to top off the episode. If you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? Ooh, good one. Um... So I can make pretty good carne asada bowl. Okay. So I think I'd make that. It has some carne asada, some white rice topped with some shrimp, other stuff like that. But that's a secret recipe, so I can't really <laughs> get into that. But I think I'd make that. Love it. Well, Aaron, been a pleasure doing this podcast, giving the people what they want. Ton of fun. Learned a few things along the way constantly inspired by your story and uh we'll run it back after that that 800 record I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you throw down soon thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the running effect with dominic schleter i don't take your time for granted and i hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself make sure you're following the podcast have given us a five-star review and consider sharing with a friend through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.